My dad is a CPA and accountant by trade, uh, and he and I are wired pretty similarly. Uh, we both have the same interests. We could talk sports for hours. But one of the things, especially in recent years, that we've talked about on occasion is just financial stuff, the economy. Uh, my dad once brought home the Wall Street Journal in about 2007, 2008, uh, and I've pretty much been reading it every day ever since. Uh, again, it's one of the things that we sort of share and we talk about, I and mean, we're all sort of wired the same way. Maybe, for example, at our uh, auction gala last weekend, my dad was there uh, at my table, and we were talking with another parishioner. And at some point during the evening, we were talking about interest rates and monetary policy over the very near future. At the gala, at an auction gala, we were talking about interest rates and monetary policy. It's very on-brand conversation for me and my dad. So when this gospel came around for this week, naturally, as the son of Larry Schneier, the accountant, I had to ask myself, how much is a talent, really? Like, how much money are we actually talking about here that this landowner gives to his servants? I maybe had an idea a little bit about how much a talent was. Um, and I know all of us might have an idea of how much we think it's worth, but whatever you think it is worth, I assure you, it is exponentially larger than the number that you might have in mind. So one talent in the ancient world, it was a unit of measurement, 50 kilograms of gold. And according to today's prices, with trading ending on Friday afternoon that I've been following all week, thank you, Wall Street Journal, the, number, the, new, the, the monetary value of one talent as of Friday afternoon, just under three and a half million dollars. That is a life-changing amount of money. And that's just for one talent, let alone two, let alone five, or even trying to make them grow even more. That is just one talent, three and a half million dollars, a truly life-changing sum that this landowner gave to his servants. Now, we know in this gospel, the talents, it's not so much the money. It's not so much about that. And I would even argue that the idea of giving a talent isn't so much about our gifts and our talents, although the terms are, are the same. The talents, I think, are an analogy for us of our Lord's love poured out into our hearts and his grace that is freely given to us. Now, all analogies fail at some point. It's not as if God loves some people more than others. But I dare say the lesson from this analogy, coupled with the monetary value of a talent, is that our Lord's love, our God's love, is life-changing. Even if it is only one talent's worth of love. And so it makes sense that this landowner would have a great expectation for his servants upon giving them such a large sum that it would have some effect in their hearts, that their lives would be somehow changed by receiving such an enormous sum of money. Because you can really do three things with that money. You can spend it on things you need. You can give it to other people who might be in need of it, or you can invest it and try to make it grow. That's pretty much the expectation of what this landowner had for the servants. And this is the case for the first two, obviously not for the third. But I dare say, brothers and sisters, that our God has the same expectations for us when he pours his love into our lives. He desires for them to be multiplied. And really, by giving us his talents, so to speak, a life-changing amount of love, our God wants us, his servants, to know and understand how much we are loved 
how special we are to him and how much we mean to him. Anyone bestowing such a large quantity of money on someone would clearly have that desire in mind. That this person should understand how much they are loved and how special and how appreciated they are. And if we are to make use of these talents, so to speak, then I would argue that we must know the why behind them first. We cannot ourselves go out and love God and love others if we first do not know what it means to be loved, to be loved by our God. That must come first. That spurns everything. What we do with the talents has to come and start with the fact that we have been radically loved and been the beneficiary of generous gifts from our God. And I would argue that this is why that third servant didn't do anything with his talents. He had no concept of what he had been given. He didn't truly understand by whom that talent had been given to him. And more importantly, he didn't know why it was given to him in the first place. In short, that third servant did not understand the love behind the gift or why that gift could be so life-changing in the first place. Seventh graders, I hope over the course of this weekend that you have encountered the person of Jesus Christ and come to know him in a deeper way than maybe any other time in your life. And to come to understand how radically loved all of us are by our God. And really for all of us here, not just our seventh graders, I hope that we have all encountered the person of Jesus at some point in our lives that we know him and know we are loved by him. That we, have, that we know the person whose sacrifice on the cross is the most seminal event in human history and the most important event in our lives too. We've been given life-changing love by our God. So the question is, what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Because hopefully we have come to understand how truly life-changing the love of our God is. And just how life-changing is it? Why is God's love so meaningful to us? I think our late Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, described it quite well. He says this, Only when we meet the living God do we know what life is. We are not some casual and meaningless product of evolution, like we're coming out of an assembly line. Each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. And each of us is necessary. I've not heard a more beautiful description of the power of our Lord's love than that. When our God gives us his talents, it is to show us how we are willed, how we are loved, and how we are each necessary. If we truly grasped the meaning of those words, then it would truly change our lives. And yet we know that so many in our world do not understand how great a gift our Lord's love, or even how great a gift our Catholic faith is. For many, the reaction to being given such a great and profound gift is the response of that third servant in our gospel tonight. Here it is back. Sometimes it's done out of fear of God, sure, but I'd say more often than not, it's done out of ambivalence or indifference. 
But either way, what's the result? We give it back to God. We just simply return to sender. We leave. We leave our faith. And yet, brothers and sisters, our, Jesus' entire life is a gift to us. One great talent of life-changing love. And it is something that compels us to respond to it. To respond with our whole lives. Think about it. If you were given three and a half million dollars when you walked out of church tonight, don't worry, the Knights of Columbus are not out there with checks. Keep your minds off of it. If you were given three and a half million dollars tonight, the last thing you would do is respond with indifference. That would be the last thing we would do. We'd either try to make it grow, we'd spend it on what we needed, or we would give it away out of care for others. The last thing we would do with that money is let it sit there. Just ignore it and pretend that it didn't exist. We would never do that with money. And yet, how often do we do that for our Catholic faith? That is the default reaction for so many in our world. To just sit on it, ignore it, or pretend that it doesn't exist. We have been given a gift far greater than money and far more priceless than gold, and yet the, the default reaction of so many of us is indifference. It's a shrug. But one cannot encounter Christ and remain the same. One encounter with the, after we encounter our Lord in the Eucharist, in his real presence, in his body, blood, soul, and divinity, we cannot just remain as we are and have our lives just stay the way they are. Jesus compels a choice from all of us to get off of our couches and onto our knees in adoration, to get out of our rooms and into church on Sundays, to have our heads not buried in our phones, but bow down in prayer with our arms raised in worship. Brothers and sisters, our God is lavishly generous with us. He gives us life itself. He gives us his son and he gives us his love. All of this is freely given to you and me. Truly priceless gifts given for no other reason than the fact that our God is radically in love with us. What are we going to do with it? We just let it sit there and ignore it. Pretend that it doesn't exist. We make use of his gifts. Make them grow. And allow his love to truly be life-changing for us and for others.